Time for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Timmy. I'm glad to hear, and it doesn't surprise me, you are also a big Carol Burnett fan. Oh, huge, yeah. And, you know, I, I you were talking this morning about stuff that really makes you laugh from her show on her 90th. Uh, one of the things I really liked about the show was that she was very generous about spreading the laughs around. She didn't try to yes. dominate everything. And I checked this just the other night. <clears throat> the famous, I think, famous, anyone who's seen it, dentist sketch where Tim Conway plays a totally <laughs> <Yes>. incompetent <laughs> dentist. See, I'm laughing thinking about it, right? And Harvey Corman is supposed to be showing that he's in enormous pain, but what he's mostly doing is trying to suppress laughs. Yes. I watched it just the other night on YouTube. It's there. Millions of viewers, and man, it is as funny as when I saw it the first time. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, making the world laugh, like, what a wonderful thing to have done. It really was. So I'm definitely going to record that uh, birthday special, the variety show tonight. Just look, I saw the commercial for it, too. It looks amazing. Uh, let's talk about Surrey policing, because okay. this is shaping up to, I know, not as funny. Um, oh, <laughs> pivotal no. week, though. Yeah, so... Uh, Mike Farmer promised last week that we're going to get a decision from him this week on whether or not thumbs up, thumbs down to Surrey's plan to go back to the RCMP and shut down the Surrey Police Service. So he said it's coming this week, and the buzz around the legislature buildings yesterday is the announcement. Uh, Farmer will be making the announcement. He'll be making it here in Victoria, in the legislature press theater on Friday morning. So they are not doing the announcement in Surrey. Officially, Simi, that is to emphasize that this is a provincial government decision being made within the legal powers of the Director of Policing Services to decide whether a particular plan protects public safety. So it's not a decision about politics in Surrey. It is not a decision about what Brenda Locke wants to hear or doesn't want to hear. This is simply the judgment of the Director of Policing Services, backed up by the Solicitor General, whether or not this plan protects public safety. You hear a lot of theories <laughs> over what he's going to say and do. I've told you mine. I think he's going to say the plan is not good enough. Um, but and, and we need a final decision, so this will be the final ruling. Um, but I'm also hearing from people who say, no, no, no. Uh, you know, the government's not happy about having to make this decision. This is a situation created by the mayor of Surrey, and Farmworth is going to hand her back her plan and say, fine, go ahead and do it. But don't come crying to me if it doesn't work. So that's the range of possibilities. Real edgier seat stuff. I, I say, Sammy, I've heard the rationale for both decisions. I agree it could go either way. I still think he will reject the plan. And, Simi, have I ever been wrong? <laughs> Just ask Premier Adrian Dix. <laughs> True, but it seems to me that in the last few days, as you and I talked about, like it's gone back and forth now all oh, of a yeah. sudden. Yeah, it's really back and forth. And I and I really think, you know, it's not just the government playing games. It is it emphasizes what a dilemma this is. The original plan sent in by Surrey was not a good plan. The government set it back. It needs more work. The government has been 
Uh, Director of Policing Services, the Solicitor General's Ministry has been doing its own math on this and checking because they're not, they don't trust what they're hearing. And yet the other side of it is the provincial government doesn't want to set the precedent of overruling, finally, a local council on a decision that, rightly or wrongly, uh, it's a legitimate council, it was elected, uh, it decided to reverse direction, and the province uh, is reluctant, as it should be, to just jump in and say, now well, you can't do right. that. So uh, I would really hope that this lesson is for all of us, right? Now, this isn't just a Surrey problem. And that the government will at least say, listen, if a community is going to do this in the future, there has to be a clear method of doing this. Like, you must ask a simple question of your voters. You can't just have an election decide this back and forth. You make a good point. So governments get elected all the time on platforms and promises. And they may have said they're going to do 50 things or 200 exactly. things or four or five things. And then they claim a mandate for every one of those things. Well, you know, that's not really how a voter sees it. They may like four or five things that the party is going to do and dislike some of the others. And that's where, you know, I don't think you should have a referendum every time. But in a big decision like this one, I think it would have been a good idea at the outset to have a referendum. And the other thing that would have been useful is before Surrey Council reversed direction on this, bring in uh, some kind of an independent expert, a retired auditor general or someone like that, to really go at the numbers mm-hmm. and give people the numbers for what it means. Because, sorry, uh, I have heard, Simi, so many different versions of what this all means, both directions. Um, I don't think you could definitively say what is the best plan fiscally and economically and in terms of resources based on what we've heard publicly. Now, maybe, maybe all the time the province has spent studying this issue, we will get something persuasive on Friday about what this all means. And if it does that, it will have been worth the wait. Okay, so that we have to wait for Friday on that. But let's also talk about this whole bail controversy. Yeah, so the bail controversy has been going on for a while, and it basically involves the question of repeat violent offenders. Why do they keep getting caught and released? That's what happens. So the government last November, four days after David Eby became premier, issued a new directive to prosecutors that said what you should do is go into court and argue for detention of repeat violent offenders. So that's what the government tried. That's what they did. On Friday, the government came out, Premier came out, David Eby and the Attorney General, Nikki Sharma, and they came out and said, well, here's what's been happening. Our prosecutors have been going into court, and they've been asking for detention of repeat violent offenders, and the judges have been turning them down more often than not. So they've been failing to persuade the courts to withhold bail. Well, that was the government's story on Friday. The problem for the government is that on Monday, the prosecution service released the actual data behind this. And the data did show that where prosecutors argued for detention, they were failing to persuade the courts more often than not. But the data also showed, Sammy, 
something semi-very dramatic that the government didn't acknowledge, which is more often than not, prosecutors weren't even asking for detention, yeah. for violent offenses, for people caught uh, and arrested with outstanding warrants for their arrest, and for people accused of violating the bail conditions from previous cases. So only when you had all three things together did the prosecutors really go in and say detain. So I, when you looked at that, you went, well, hang on a minute. The opposition made the point very well in the legislature yesterday. And Mike DeYoung, former attorney general, he said, um, look, <laughs> if you're not even going to ask for detention, you're not going to get it. So why, in most cases, are prosecutors not even trying? That is the big question. So what did the attorney general have to say about well, this? Well, she ducked the whole thing, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, she sidestepped it. You can go and you know, onto the Hansard channel and see her answers. She doesn't really acknowledge the question. She says, hey, uh, we've been trying and the judges have been turning us down. Hey, we really are worried about public safety. Hey, we have the toughest bail policies in Canada. But she doesn't really address the issue that's hanging there, which is why aren't they even trying? Um, she ducked it and ducked it again. Uh, some of that stuff I just told you, she said mm -hmm. know, six or seven times. Um, the prosecution service did come out with a statement in its own defense yesterday. So the prosecution service is independent, and it rarely speaks. But I think under the pressure, the opposition, media coverage, they came out with a statement yesterday, and they said a couple of things that are important. They said it does not make sense for prosecutors to apply for detention in 100% of all cases. That would defy the spirit of the criminal code, which is federal, and the directives of the Supreme Court of Canada. They also said something else, which is kind of lurking behind all this, Simi. They said the system would be overwhelmed. There aren't enough resources in the system to deal with 100% of applications. And they didn't quite say this part, Simi, but I've heard this as well. There aren't enough, there isn't enough space in the system to detain everybody. So when you go at this, you dig in behind where all this is coming from, uh, there's a combination of things, but one of the things lurking back there is we don't put enough resources in the system to deal with everybody in short order, and so you can't detain them. They are innocent until proven guilty, and so you let them go. And so this is where we're at. This is going to keep on hitting them until we get, I think, more information on this. It is. Uh, the government line, we heard David Eby on it yesterday, the federal government has got to change the criminal code around bail provisions, uh, toughen the code around detention. Uh, he says they promised to do it. We're counting on them to do it. Well, you know, the rumblings coming from Ottawa are mixed. Yes, uh, Justice Minister David Lametti acknowledges what he's been asked to do, says he's going to try to get it done before the end of June, but he's also saying, you know, the changes we made a few years ago on this, uh, weakening bail provisions, uh, they, were, they were necessary, they reflected the courts, and they did not fundamentally change access to bail, which had me going, geez, did you tell the judges that? Because that's not how they're acting. So it's really messy. Um, the provincial government is taking the heat, though, Simi, and they can say all they want that we're relying on Ottawa to fix it. But, 
you know, remember the whole David Eby message. I'm going to deal with this thing. I'm going to address public safety. Downtowns are going to be safer. You're going to see results. Yeah. Here he is now, a few months later, going, well, it's all Ottawa's fault. They're going to have to fix it. Mm, all right. Thanks for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Sam.